if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat has been brought to you by International Horse College. Their vision is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect, and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect, and enjoy their people. Have a look now, talk to the friendly staff, the details are on internationalhorsecollege.com. Now, today we've got Paul Cornish over from the UK. Paul does a lot of different types of training with horses, from teaching children, exercising race horses. He's ridden himself up to including Grand Prix. Rides stallions. He's a pony club instructor. But I think Paul's big thing is that he says, tell us what you need and we'll see if we can help. And I think, you know, if someone's going to be that flexible not be rigid and say, we only do this, but say, let us help you. I think that goes a lot for um, customer service and just flexibility and trying to get people to get their needs sorted. Sometimes people can come with one particular problem that they've got or one one goal in mind. And then, you know, as it turns out, even over a few more lessons or months or weeks, it tends to be a completely separate goal. Now, Paul, are you there? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Paul, I'm really interested in, in talking to you. We haven't talked before. You started with horses quite young, didn't you? When did you first start with horses? I started when I was seven. It just sort of happened. My brother was going away on a football weekend and my mum and dad said to me, what would I like to do for the weekend? And I said, I want you to go horse riding. And um, we went to our local riding stables, booked up, um, had my first lesson the following day, and everything went from there. Did your brother have come back and say, well, what are you doing? I want to go riding as well. Uh, no, um, he was he was then quite happy with his football. <laughs> yeah. <That's> good. That's <laughs> good. Okay. I did try football, but um, I was... I was no good at it. <laughs> My <little> family. <laughs> it's good for the equine world that you weren't good at football because otherwise you might have stuck at that and not stuck with horses. Yeah, yeah. I think I think everyone assumed I was going to go into football because my uncle was into football as a um, professional. Right. And my then dad and uh, brother played football as um, amateurs. So I just sort of had a go, but um, it, it you know just wasn't for me. Okay, well, that's yeah, good for us, as I said. Now, thinking about you riding, and I like to listen to some stories, just stories about you riding pony, you know, something that you didn't work out or something that was a bit of a lesson for you that you've learned from there. Have you got a good story for us, something about your first memories? I think it was being part of a wonderful riding school. Um, I think it's a shame now that over in the UK, it's harder and harder for them riding schools than to keep going um, because of finances. But uh, back in my in my childhood days, there was lots of riding schools, and I I spent all my childhood at one riding school. And just it was very supportive. Um, we rode a complete mixture of ponies, horses, different types, different breeds, different temperaments, and. Back in, you know, I'm I'm talking about 45 years ago now. 
you was allowed to do a lot with health and safety wasn't wasn't then quite so full on like it is now. So you learned to have fun with your horses. And I think looking at present day, it can be very competitive. And I like to think people still have fun and still they love their horses. And I think back in my childhood days, it was you had competitions, but there was nowhere near as many competitions as there is now. And you loved your horse. You had fun. Um, and that's what I still I still think back to my childhood days um, now and like to bring that into my business. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, th- I think that's it's not just, you know, we talk about it being about the horses. It's not about the horses. There's so much more, you know, just the community and the fun and the um, – and even to do Absolutely. with the horses, you know, people think it's yeah. all about the riding, yeah. but it's it's not about the riding. It's about the learning and the caring and the responsibility, but also the appreciation you get back, you know, from the horse yeah. when things are going yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as, you know, you going and being an amateur rider and turning into a professional rider, it was that like an early decision or something you did as you were leaving school? How did that work out? No, I mean, when I was leaving school, you was, we was always told you need to get a job for life, go into a bank or something like that. Um, you, you know, never want to work with, with like horses or something like that. So I started, I spent quite a few years in an office and I was, I got my teaching exams and I was teaching weekends and evenings. And the more that I was learning, the more that I wanted to learn. And it sort of got to the stage with my office job. I either had to commit more to that and go for promotions or did I want to learn and develop more with the horses. And I sort of looked out the office window one day and thought, this is a very easy choice. I want to be out there working with horses. And that was probably about 20 years ago. So I spent many years just teaching weekends, evenings around my then office job. I was very lucky that my office job, it was quite flexible. So um, I could sometimes come in late, leave early. I think they could see that I was very focused on both, but they also let me also then, you know, like develop my then um, love for the for the teaching. Yeah, yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, And then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. And for people coming into the industry, 
because we get lots of people wanting to come into the industry. I talk to people all the time and they want to come in and they want a job and they work with horses and and you start to talk to them about what do you think it involves? You know, I just want to brush them. I just want to be in their company. I just want to – and it's all very what they want instead of what the industry needs, what the horse industry needs, how we can be a productive person within that industry. But if someone's coming into the industry – uh, and you were interviewing them, what sort of core skills would you think that someone should have before they come into the industry? I think, I mean, I've, um, I think people have got to be prepared then to work hard. Yep. You've got to be prepared to actually put yourself out because nothing actually comes to you. Um, my first job working for an international dressage rider, I actually phoned him up, went round, met him and said, can I can I voluntary one day a week work at your yard? I don't want paying, I just want to learn how an international dressage yard operates, working with that calibre of horses. So I, one day a week, I wasn't paid, but I wanted, and I think from there, it went to part-time it went to full time and it went to me running the yard because <clears throat> it was an international dressage rider called Paul Haler. And I think he could see that I wanted to be there because I then started voluntary. So I think people need to sort of, you have to put yourself out. You have to give to get opportunities then to come your way. People then want to see that, that you actually want to be there um, I remember a, f- a few weeks on my Fridays at Paul's, he then said to me when I left, um, next week, bring your then riding hat because you can ride and you had to earn that. It wasn't given to you. Um, you had to earn the respect that you'd, that you'd, that you'd worked hard, that you had um, good social skills with people, with horses. And it was it, it it was a great buzz leaving the yard thinking, crikey, I'm actually going to ride next week. Um, <clears throat> I think I think quite often now people expect that they're going to ride rather than you've got to do the yard work. You've then got to feed. You've then got to muck out. You've then got to sweep. You've then got to groom. You've got to wash off. You've got to sack up. And if you can show um, that you're prepared to roll, you know, roll your sleeves up opportunities will then begin to come your way. Yes, yes. I, I, I like the way that they've invited you to ride because another thing that people say when they want to work with horses is, I'll help you exercise the horses. And you talk to them about their riding and how much riding they've done. And Have you ever done any formal education? Have you ever competed? Have you ever done this, this, this? Oh, no, my, you know, yeah. they, like yeah. they, they don't yeah, have yeah. the idea. And I like your attitude that people come in, and I don't think that's unique to the horse industry. I think it's a life skill. You know, you're prepared to work hard, put yourself out, and have those social skills with people and horses. And, you know, I like to think an open mind, a bit of flexibility. Absolutely. And, I mean, I also think I think it's difficult for the youngsters now because social social media back in my younger days, you had to talk to people. There was no phones. There was no messaging people. There was no social media sites. It was then talking to people. So 
Myself, as a then child, I was actually very then shy. And it wasn't until I started to go to work and started to actually teach that I actually become more confident and I probably found myself. But that was through actually meeting people, talking to people. And I think nowadays, when you see youngsters or even adults, we can all be stuck on our phones and we actually forget the skill of communicating talking to people so I think it's a totally different era now Um, we was interviewing a couple of weeks ago you just want someone that's nicely presented enthusiastic willing to learn wants to be there and you can then help them with some training but I think it's the want then to do something Now, I know you said the best, you know, best thing or great thing in the industry was you earned the right to ride. But thinking about overall, the best thing about working in the industry, in the horse industry, what would you say? I, I, um, I've been lucky that I've met lots of lovely people. Um, but for me, it's seeing a horse and rider develop their partnership relationship and see um, maybe someone that was lacking confidence having their first canter or going then to their then first show, being then part of then someone's journey because I think everyone's got a then journey um, where that's come from. We've got different issues that we then have to tackle and being a coach, we have to be Sometimes counsellor to them people. We have to have good them people skills, good communication with horses, um, understanding horses, people, and it's and it's seeing partnerships. And when you then see them, then as you go to shows, and for me, you that's that's a really good day's work that you can go home happy. And every time that I. Um, teach I want to finish that lesson feeling that I've achieved something as well as the rider and it's 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 that sharing hopefully what I've learned over the years that I can share and I can give back to people. Paul you you've mentioned you know you talked about where you learned to ride and you know how much you enjoyed that and working at Paul's is is there who's one person who's influenced you in your career with horses and your your knowledge um is there one that we can pick out that you'd say this person but also why are you picking this person i think i would find that difficult because there's been many um from my childhood days at the at the riding school the owner of the riding school was 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 someone called Anne ackland she then really helped me through my lacking confidence days when I was a child and I was shy and she used to be one of the only boys in the in the riding school she used to make sure that I was included and that was that was a then special relationship that we had then actually going on to working for Paul Haler giving me the opportunity then then to work for an international dressage yard um I've now currently got an then judge mentor, someone that actually mentors me as a as a coach, as as a as a judge, someone called Anita Darken. Um so I think over the years I've got someone from Anne from my from my childhood days, 
Paul that got me in, that, that, that sort of offered me my first international job, and my mentor, Anita, that actually helps me now. Uh, I think everyone needs a mentor, someone that can guide you, can support you, can technically say, you know, I think that you could have done that then better, or what about thinking about it this way? So I think probably it will be hard then to choose one because there was three different parts in my career that actually led me to sort of where I am today. I think that's interesting that you've you've chosen the three, but you've also the three for where you were then. You know, even the instructor at the writing school who helped you with your confidence and, you know, we see it all the time. Um, you don't have to be a a high level or competing at a high level or anything else. There's a lot of instructors and these are people all around the world that help the kids with their first canter, their first little jump, the first, you know, first getting Absolutely. ready for the first yeah. ride. I think that that position, that job is so important. And I think and, we've got, just got know, to give thanks to all those all those people that get the amount of people started, but started giving them the right foundation so then those people can move on. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I think um, we must, we must, I mean, I, I then teach for some, for some local um, riding clubs. I judge for some riding clubs. And it's your then grassroots people that are the ones that will, some of them will then come into the industry as a then profession. Some of them will then become hopefully fantastic riders. And will achieve lots, but it's those then grassroots that we've. I still love getting involved with the local riding clubs, helping them, teaching clinics, judging, because that's where everyone started. That's where I then started, and we must never forget we was all there one day. We was all learning at the first riding trot, learning how to steer, learning not to bounce, and um, yes. I think you're absolutely right. And I think also, too, that it's a little bit what we were talking about before is that it's not always about the riding that some people come in and especially, you know, working within equine-assisted therapy or, you know, things that it's nothing to do with the horses, but the horses make the bridge between where that person is now, where they need to be, and it may be to do with their confidence or something else. And even if they don't ride, it's just the... The connecting with the horse and um, you know all of the benefits there. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Very there much. a particular horse that um, you think is a standout, or is it the same that you've had a couple of different horses depending where you were at the time? Probably my current horse, um, Barney. His show name is Limitless. Um, he gives. Um, He's just lovely. He's. I was very then lucky. I got him from um, from a friend of mine, Nikki Nikki Barker, who's an international dressage rider over here. Um, he's a ten year old Oldenburg from a Lexicon bloodlines, um, and he's just a, an absolute pleasure to to ride. But also teaches you if you then get it wrong, he actually lets you know when you then get it right. He actually lets you know. He's a great leveller. Um, you must never, you must never take him for granted. You've, you, you've then got to put the right aids on, sit in the right way. So he actually makes you 
um, dried correctly or as as incorrectly as, as you think can. So he's actually been a really good learning curve for me. He's got he's sort of training at home, medium level, competing at the moment, elementary. But he's got um, simple changes there. And uh, we're really looking forward to then progressing and seeing what we can get from him. Is your um, proudest moment on your current horse or is there a different one or, or your proudest moment with your students? Tell us a little bit about that. Every time I take Sunny, my horse, out to a competition, I actually feel proud because um, he's just a, a beautiful horse then to then be around. Equally, when when a client of mine goes in to um, competition, um, that makes you feel really proud because you've been part of their then journey. Um, but probably for me, I just love all of I love the actual riding. I love the actual training, helping people. Um, I've never probably been over over then competitive. I actually love that some day-to-day getting to know horses, working with them. They're all individuals, seeing what actually works, how their minds work, and just that sort of day-to-day building training at home. Okay, and thinking about your journey, your career, you know, starting off at the riding school when you first yeah. started going through and working full-time and, you know, doing a bit on the weekend and then moving into full-time training and, um, you know, now what you're doing now. I mean, you seem to be very happy doing it. If I think about the biggest challenge, and we've got to rule out money because everyone says they've got enough money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what would be your biggest challenge to get where you are now? You know, thinking back, what was my biggest challenge? And also how you got over it. How you got through it? What made you just keep pushing and going that little bit further? I think a real turning point for myself was lockdown, which was probably for everyone. The first weekend of lockdown over in the UK, everything just completely stopped. And I decided to set up my online training page because I wanted to be doing something. I didn't just want to forget that you've got horses then to care care for. I wanted them to still be um, doing more. So I decided then to set up my online training page Um, that actually got me through lockdown. Um, But also, I'm just, I just can't, believe how it's taken off and we've got followers from many 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 different countries um that's how i then first got to know rhiannon who they sort of passed from one details over to yourself um i so i helped rhiannon i also helped someone in canada julie who's the world western dressage champion and also got the, I now co-teach once a week with Christoph Hess. So um, the greatest challenge was sitting down thinking, okay, everything's stopped. 
I need I need to do something. I need to, um, and I just wrote lots and lots of then training articles, and people suddenly liked them and liked my page and started then to share them. So that was a big challenge of I think everyone of of then had to come through lockdown, and it and the sort of online stuff has now given a totally different avenue for then people working. But also gave me lots of opportunities then to sit down, reflect of where I want to be, want to go, um, and as I said, met lots and and met lots and lots of them lovely people during the way. I, I think the whole um, you know the whole lockdown almost brought it forward. We're using technology a lot more. I mean, we we've always well we haven't always, but we've been training online to do government accredited courses for quite a few years but the whole um giving lessons online you know i mean rhiannon's here all all over in australia and she trains regularly with you and christoph um using technology that hasn't been available or you know not as commonly available and then going out to competitions and doing well because she's been able to get input from world-class trainers. So I think that's just something that's just, yeah, it's just amazing, isn't it, you know, to be able to do that. It is, because, I mean, yeah. one of my biggest challenges was how to then use technology because I've never been particularly technically minded with computers, phones and that. Um, I've always wanted just to have a very basic phone that you can just phone, take a picture, that's it, send a message. Um, so for... For me, learning how to use Zoom, how to use the actual Pixim cameras, how to then connect to the Pixim cameras, how to do an online lesson, that was a pretty big challenge because that made me, I was not comfortable. So I then had to begin to get comfortable with technology. And like you said, realise how, how wonderful technology is and how it can help you with your then day-to-day job now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, when you're teaching someone online or when you're going to a pony club and you've got a group of kids that you're teaching or if you go out and you travel to other places to teach, do you feel like there's a common thread that goes through that you like to teach people? You know, you might, I don't know, some instructors might get everyone off the horse and do certain exercises first. You might do certain things first You or, or something that you notice again and again that um, we're asking for training. We're asking for training tips. People are listen listen yeah, to the podcast yeah. and go, oh, I'd really like to get some training tips from yeah, Paul. Yeah. He, yeah. he sounds yeah. awesome. But is there um, is there a particular tip that you'd like to give that's fairly generic that a lot of people will gain benefit from? Yes, I mean, I, I, I think um, one of the biggest things people worry about is is that horse round? Is it then in an outline? Is it then in a then contact? And they're and they're so worried about the actual front end. I like to get riders to be able to walk trot canter with a loose rein, so that both horse and then rider find their own balance. And if you then ride the whole horse, the front end tends to then look after itself. And probably one of my main things. Um, that I'd like to think that I pass over over to people is we've got to we've got to make happy, comfortable horses. 
then to make them happy and uncomfortable, they'd have to have the the space and then the room through the actual contact then to then move forward. So if we then, if we've got our own balance and the horse learns its own balance and then we put the two then together, and then we then, we can only pick a horse up if it knows how to stretch, if it knows how to open out. So I think that is something that I'm, always going on about horses need to have space, room, freedom, fluency, then to be able to move forward. When I'm then judging, I want to see a happy horse, a comfortable horse, a happy rider. And I think nowadays it can be so, people worry about, is my horse round enough? Does it, you know, where its head needs to be? And if we just take this pressure off and just ride the horse forward, let it learn how to stretch, how to open, feel comfortable that you can canter or trot with a long rein, with a loose rein, with your feet out the uh, the um, stirrups, but we don't need to be holding tight onto the rein. So probably that would be my sort of biggest advice is for people to learn confidence that we don't need reins, we don't need stirrups then to then stay on, to then ride and then to learn how to sort of connect a horse properly, I would say. Yeah, I think that's certainly something that a lot of people are starting to realise a lot more, you know, to just look for the happy, comfortable horse and, and the horse is going to give you the feedback and tell you what they want, what they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where to now, Paul? Where, you know, you've sort of got over the technology and you can give online lessons now. You can, um, you know, you've sort of, moved into something that you've wanted to do all the time. What does your future hold? I just really want to just um, myself keep on then learning. I then still have um, training, regular training for my for my mentor, who is a list one um, Grand Prix judge. So then to keep learning, to develop, we've got a then lovely training yard in a lovely little village in um, Suffolk, in the eastern part of the UK, we've got fantastic facilities that we can we can have people come over, stay, have camps um, to develop our then our then training business um, to keep learning more as a rider, as a coach, as a judge. I think that we then never stop learning and. That you know, um, people people need to realise that we never know everything. But if you've got good support team around you, you can then find out answers. Um, you can then learn more and just actually keep learning and um, developing our own training business that we've got over in the um, UK. Yeah, and and Paul, you obviously you like. I mean, I, I know you're competing, but you prefer seem to prefer the training rather than the competing. Yeah, I mean, I then just love um, seeing seeing then horses um, develop, learn new things, working with them. They're all they're all individuals. They all then teach us something. Um, we need to listen, look at a horse, listen to what they're trying to tell us, what we're then trying to understand from them, what they're trying to understand from us. And I've just almost found natural training size really, really fascinating. And I love going to shows, but my passion would 
would be training horses um, to then make happy horses. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it's all about. Paul, if people would like to contact you, is it your website they should go through or a phone number, an email? What's the best way for you? Um, they can actually contact me through my through – my, I've got a couple of different Facebook pages. I've got my um, international online training Facebook page or my clinic camp competition Facebook page via WhatsApp, um, via my email. I've got um, paul at paulcornish.com thequestion.co.uk as my as my email. So either email, WhatsApp, um, am I allowed then to give my number? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. If you're happy for yeah. people to call you, that's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine, yes. Yeah. So it's it's um obviously UK, it's 07950 So we've got email, we've got WhatsApp, or we've got Messenger through one of my various um, Facebook pages. Okay. All right. And those details too will be on the bottom of your page at Horse Chat. So if you'd like to just go to horsechats.com and search for Paul or search for Cornish and at the bottom of the page with this chat will be all of his contact details as well. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Paul, for coming on. I think um, I think the chat's been wonderful. I, I really like talking to you and I love the way that you. you've really pushed forward. You're looking for happy, comfortable horses. You know, and I think that's yeah. just so yeah. essential. Yeah. 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 All right. And if we no, can just spread spread the word, happy, comfortable horses, I think we'll be um we'll sort of be ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well thank you for coming on, Paul, and we hope to um catch up with you again soon. Definitely, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 